Section twenty nine of Some Answered Questions by Abdul Baha, translated by Laura Clifford Barney. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Section twenty nine, part five. Miscellaneous Subjects. Chapters seventy four, seventy five and seventy six chapter seventy four the non-existence of evil the true explanation of this subject is very difficult know that beings are of two kinds material and spiritual those perceptible to the senses and those intellectual things which are sensible are those which are perceived by the five exterior senses. Thus, those outward existences which the eyes see are called sensible. Intellectual things are those which have no outward existence but are conceptions of the mind. For example, mind itself is an intellectual thing which has no outward existence. All man's characteristics and qualities form an intellectual existence and are not sensible. Briefly, the intellectual realities, such as all the qualities and admirable perfections of man, are purely good and exist. Evil is simply their non-existence. So ignorance is the want of knowledge, Error is the want of guidance, forgetfulness is the want of memory, stupidity is the want of good sense. All these things have no real existence. In the same way, the sensible realities are absolutely good, and evil is due to their non-existence. That is to say, blindness is the want of sight, deafness is the want of hearing, poverty is the want of wealth, illness is the want of health, death is the want of life, and weakness is the want of strength. Nevertheless, a doubt occurs to the mind, that is, scorpions and serpents are poisonous. Are they good or evil, for they are existing beings? Yes, a scorpion is evil in relation to man, a serpent is evil in relation to man, but in relation to themselves they are not evil, for their poison is their weapon, and by their sting they defend themselves. But as the elements of their poison do not agree with our elements, that is to say, as there is antagonism between these different elements, therefore this antagonism is evil but in reality as regards themselves they are good the epitome of this discourse is that it is possible that one thing in relation to another may be evil and at the same time within the limits of its proper being it may not be evil then it is proved that there is no evil in existence 
all that god created he created good this evil is nothingness so death is the absence of life when man no longer receives life he dies darkness is the absence of light when there is no light there is darkness light is an existing thing but darkness is non-existent wealth is an existing thing but poverty is non-existing then it is evident that all evils return to non-existence good exists evil is non-existent chapter seventy five that there are two kinds of torment know that there are two kinds of torment subtle and gross for example ignorance itself is a torment but it is a subtle torment indifference to god is itself a torment so also are falsehood cruelty and treachery all the imperfections are torments but they are subtle torments certainly for an intelligent man death is better than sin and a cut tongue is better than lying or calumny the other kind of torment is gross such as penalties imprisonment beating expulsion and banishment but for the people of god separation from god is the greatest torment of all chapter seventy six the justice and mercy of god know that to do justice is to give to every one according to his deserts for example when a workman labors from morning until evening justice requires that he shall be paid his wages but when he has done no work and taken no trouble he is given a gift this is bounty if you give alms and gifts to a poor man although he has taken no trouble for you nor done anything to deserve it this is bounty so christ besought forgiveness for his murderers this is called bounty now the question of the good or evil of things is determined by reason or by law some believe that it is determined by law such are the jews who believing all the commandments of the pentateuch to be absolutely obligatory regard them as matters of law not of reason thus they say that one of the commandments of the pentateuch is that it is unlawful to partake of meat and butter together because it is taref and taref in hebrew means unclean as kosher means clean this they say is a question of law and not of reason but the theologians think that the good and evil of things depend upon both reason and law the chief foundation of the prohibition of theft treachery falsehood hypocrisy and cruelty is reason 
every intelligent man comprehends that murder theft treachery falsehood hypocrisy and cruelty are evil and reprehensible for if you prick a man with a thorn he will cry out complain and groan so it is evident that he will understand that murder according to reason is evil and reprehensible if he commits a murder he will be responsible whether the renown of the prophet has reached him or not for it is reason that formulates the reprehensible character of the action when a man commits this bad action he will surely be responsible but in a place where the commands of a prophet are not known and where the people do not act in conformity with the divine instructions such as the command of christ to return good for evil but act according to the desires of nature that is if they torment those who torment them from the point of view of religion they are excused because the divine command has not been delivered to them though they do not deserve mercy and beneficence nevertheless god treats them with mercy and forgives them now vengeance according to reason is also blameworthy because through vengeance no good result is gained by the avenger so if a man strikes another and he who is struck takes revenge by returning the blow what advantage will he gain will this be a balm for his wound or a remedy for his pain no god forbid in truth the two actions are the same both are injuries the only difference is that one occurred first and the other afterwards therefore if he who is struck forgives nay if he acts in a manner contrary to that which has been used towards him this is laudable the law of the community will punish the aggressor but will not take revenge this punishment has for its end to warn to protect and to oppose cruelty and transgression so that other men may not be tyrannical but if he who has been struck pardons and forgives he shows the greatest mercy this is worthy of admiration end of section 29